What's up, podcast listeners? In this episode, I speak with Mike Watts and Scott Glaser of Love Handle Smartphone Grips, which I met at ECRM's Impulse Front End and Check Lane program earlier this year in Vegas. They've developed a really unique product that's made in USA, and it makes it virtually impossible to drop your cell phone while you're using it. So we discussed the origin of the company, how they're working with Damon John and the Shark Group, which they're a part of, as well as their experiences as a Range Me Premium member and a first-time ECRM program participant. We also talk about the challenges they're now facing during the coronavirus pandemic, as many of their customers were event companies whose events have been canceled. So it's a great discussion about entrepreneurship in the face of adversity, and I know you're going to get a lot out of it. Enjoy. What's up, podcast listeners? Thank you for joining us. Uh, today with me, I have uh, Mike Watts, the CEO and founder of Love Handle Smartphone Grips. And I also have Scott Glazer. Scott, did I pronounce that right? Scott Glazer. That's Glazer. Yeah. Glazer. Scott Glazer, the National Retail Sales Manager. Uh, guys, thank you for joining me today. Yeah, thanks for having us on here, Joe. So uh, where are you guys located? How, how are things going in, in, in your neck of the woods with this whole coronavirus thing? Uh, we're located in Houston, Texas, and, uh, you know, we're not officially one of the hotspots per se, but uh, we're all being, uh, you know, trying to do our part and uh, social distancing and have everyone that can work from home, which is most of our staff uh, working from home. We do have a skeleton crew that's mightily spaced out here at the headquarters um, and making sure that some of the base production keeps going. But uh, it's been a wild time, but we're, we're adapting. Yep, yep, same here. I mean, for me, aside from the lack of travel, for me, it's not that big a change. It's, uh, I work from either from my office or typically a suitcase. But uh, other than that, I think most of the staff on ECRM, a lot of, a lot of us are remote anyway. So for us, it's really... You know, from day to day, it's, it's you know, not that much different. So, uh, so yeah, so um, the, just for the uh, – give the, back, the audience a little background. So, uh, Love Handle is a Range Me Premium uh, member, and also they participated in their first uh, ECRM program, our Impulse uh, Front End and Check Lane program, back in February. They were one of the 10 suppliers uh, that were part of the Shark Group uh, and, and, uh, that's, that's where I met, uh, met them. And, uh, you know, you guys did a great job with, uh, branding your products, uh, with the, with the, uh, logos of the retailers that, uh, uh, you were meeting with. So I thought that was, that was awesome. Um, so yeah, so I guess, well, before we get into it, Mike, tell me about your mountain climbing thing. Oh yeah, <laughs> because we were supposed to have this podcast last week, but he was on a mountaintop uh, and and uh, couldn't do it. How did that go? Yeah, it's a great story, actually. As it turns out, um, you know, to catch everybody up, we had tried to record this podcast, but as the timing worked out, I was up at the top of the the tallest lift in North America with my two boys. Uh, we're getting older; one's twenty and uh, one's fifteen, but they're pretty adventurous souls and uh, we decided that we were going to go from the top of this lift it's in Breckenridge Colorado and we were going to hike up from that to the very peak of the mountain and uh, certain some people think that's a good idea we thought it was a good idea 
And so uh, we got to the top and, and when they started heading up the, the mountain and, and you're around 13,000 feet right there. And so it's very limited oxygen. And boy, we started, started going up that hill and I, I became very human, very quick. And <laughs> I had, I had to stop multiple times. In fact, part of the way up, uh, my 15 year old's kind of looking back down at me, he's out ahead of me. And then the 20 year old is well up the hill towards the top. And he's uh, asking if I should turn, if we wanted to turn around, because periodically the, 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 the snow, the wind would go from nothing to just blizzard status up there. And you had to lay down up against the side of the mountain. There's nothing to hang on to but snow. So you put your face down in the snow and cover up all your gear so it didn't blow away. And it would blow for maybe a minute and then it would finally let up and then you could start going again. And so I'm up there gasping for air. Um, starting to feel my age a bit and uh but my boys are headed up so i had to follow them up and i literally could hear the rocky theme blasting <laughs> for the last 50 feet and but my headphones weren't even in so it was a it was a profound experience made it to the top and you know caught a bunch of flack from my sons who were telling me i'm an old guy and i can't keep up with them anymore but but i made it and then we uh we made it down the mountain safely uh, in, in spite of the fact that it was a little, little hairy up there, that the way I wanted to go down was closed. And, uh, so we ended up having to go down a double black EX, which is expert only oh, wow. uh, slope where you have to drop in around seven or eight feet vertically and then go down the steep face of the mountain and head in. But, uh, the cool thing is that we all made it safely and the boys look at it now as one of those defining moments, I think, uh, where they conquered the mountain together with their dad. So it'll be, I think it'll be a memory that'll stick around forever. And I'm sure they were a little proud that, that uh, you were there with them. Yeah. Yeah. And they haven't let me forgot that uh, I was thinking about turning around. So uh, <laughs> I knew that I was accountable not only to them, but also to, uh, to tell this story. And so I, it actually crossed my mind when I was part of the way up. I was like, well, I can't go back to Joe and, and tell him that I just turned around and <laughs> conquered this mountain. I've got to, I've got to see this thing through. No, that's awesome. That's awesome. I mean, and what did your legs feel like the next day? Oh man, my legs, my my lungs, everything. It was a it was a real workout. It's really about the oxygen. I'm a big Peloton rider, mm -hmm. and uh, which has come in handy during yeah. uh, coronavirus. Really, lately, I've been able to keep up with it. But uh, it wasn't about the strength; it was about the oxygen. And I was just kept running out of breath, and I started to get lightheaded. And I had to you know lay down on the snow, and it's a little little precarious when you're up there there's no one else to help you and you're laying up on the top of this mountain going you know of your own accord i decided to go up there uh but uh, get a little lightheaded but you just take your time and make your way up and there's there's literal 10 year olds up there too uh you know some pretty brave souls ah. they're passing me up tapping me on the back saying you got this sir you can get it nice so, <laughs> that was also pretty encouraging nice no definitely and and uh who's your favorite peloton uh instructor uh, Robin. Yeah. Robin. Yep. She's leaving. I didn't know that. Yeah. She's going to be leaving. She's, uh, I, I forget where she's going, but I used to use the app, but I ended up getting one of those rogue echo, uh, fan bikes. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. Which is a brutal workout. And, but you're right. I mean, having something like that in the house now is great. So, uh, um, you know, especially nowadays when I, I'm expecting any day now them to just lock us all down in New York, you know, they close the restaurants except for takeout and delivery, but I see us going in the direction of San Francisco. Did they, uh, did they not do that today? Or? No, not yet. Unless something happened in the past hour that I don't know about. All right. All 
<laughs> no, so far, so far, we're still open. So, um, so yes, yeah, so all right, so let's let's uh, talk a little bit about the company. Give us a little background on Love Handle and uh, your your origin story. I love the product, so uh, tell us about it. Yeah, so well, um, you know, we we started the company six years ago. My father and I did, and it was not our first startup. This is actually our third startup around licensed technology. And we're always on the hunt uh, for uh, products that, that have some intellectual property tied to them because we have a lot of background and, you know, just kind of hustling commodities at mm -hmm. shows and things like that. But all just this constant frustration with not being able to protect or control the market with our product. And so years ago, we started partnering with inventors that had some, uh, some sort of intellectual property that we could work with. And we're always looking for solution-based products that are, are really can impact lives across as many, uh, you know, demographics and socioeconomic situations as possible and do it in a relevant way, in an instant way, in a simple way. And when we, uh, when we came across the, the Love Handle product uh, as a smartphone grip, you know, six years ago and seeing where things were going to go with smartphones and uh, it just seemed like that natural missing link. I mean, why didn't they put a handle on a little piece of thousand dollar piece of glass that you've got to carry around every day? Yep. Uh, it'll allow you to hang on to it. So it just seemed very obvious. And so we, uh, we worked with the inventor to license the technology. And uh, then further, uh, we started to market it and then trying to, we worked on ways to develop automation equipment so that we could, uh, reach our goal to be able to make it 100% in the USA. And that's also turned out to be a great strength here recently. Um, oh, no doubt. No doubt. So, so we have automation equipment now that was the inventor was able to help us build and design. And so we can produce uh, around 50 to 60,000 units every day, completely finished all American made. And so we're now making our push to retail. The ECRM show was actually one of our big pushes. Um, to to retail uh we partnered with uh, ecrm to to get those meetings with the retailers and then also have our range me profile that allowed us uh, an opportunity to uh, get our get in front of walmart and then get in front of a bunch of other buyers that are out there discovering our product and now you're on the shelves at walmart correct yep as of uh about a week less a little less than a week ago we made our official debut into around 500 walmart stores uh with a with what they call a sidekick kind of mm -hmm. into the aisle wing panel display. And so far so good. It's selling, you know, it's, I'm not sure how they're going to be able to benchmark our sales right now, given yeah. the pandemonium that is inside the stores, but we are tracking it and it is selling. So great. And that came from the, the made in USA Walmart open call program, correct? Yes, sir. Yeah. They invited us to come up there and I got to give credit to Scott who took the initiative to sign us up for that and then coordinated it and got us the meeting. And, and I, I felt kind of like I just got to tag along with him. So. No, that's great. That's, uh, we always love hearing uh, about those successes. In fact, we had a few of our customers who are at that impulse program actually uh, on the shelves at Walmart from that same thing. Uh, the other one, I think you may have met him was Kevin Consolo from FTI Brands with the sneaker racer product. Oh yeah. Uh, so yeah, because he's he's been he was walking around uh, uh, your area uh, with the Shark Group, uh, meeting people and uh, talk to Maury. So uh, so that was really cool. So can you talk a little bit about 
the product itself? Because we don't have any visuals here. Can you just take the audience through what the product is, what it does, and how it works? Sure, Scott, you want to take that? Oh, sure, yeah. So it's um, basically it's a slim, uh, very pocket-friendly device that uh, attaches to the back of your phone um, or your cell phone case uh, with an original 3M non-residue VHB adhesive. Um, And what's great about that VHB is it's super strong. They actually use it on commercial airliners, uh, but it doesn't leave any residue, so you can peel the adhesive right off if you need to. Um, But the grips itself can actually hold up to 10 pounds of strength. Um, So it's very strong and uh, very comfortable, and we can put any sort of designs on there. Um, We can actually customize them for businesses. We could put logos. Uh, It's a very soft elastic. And not only uh, are they actually uh, produced in the United States, but we actually source all of our products in the United States as well. Even better. And, and uh, the way, I mean, because I used one myself, they, they are great. And, and I have an iPhone case, and it sticks to the case. I have one of the uh, iPhone uh, battery case, which has a rubber. It's kind of like a rubberish uh, feel to it, and it's stuck to there, no problem. Uh, I slid me, you slide your finger through it. And then uh, what was interesting is I found an alternate use for it when uh, I was at one of our networking functions is that it enabled me to keep my phone in my hand while having a beer. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a, that's a big benefit, Joe, for sure. You know what? When you're at one, some of these uh, networking receptions you, and you're holding like your food in one hand and you drink in the other and you you know, so you just flip it over, and then I just was able to hold the beer. <laughs> the net, networker's best friend. Yeah. I'll, uh, I'll mention, Joe, since you brought up the, the, the rubberized Apple case, uh, another kind of great advantage that we have, I think, is um, so a lot, of, a lot of things have trouble sticking to silicone uh, cases, um, even some of the other major brands out there. Um, and we, we've come up with a really fantastic solution, which we install in every single uh, package as an instruction kit on how to install it. It's just a little clear piece of tape-like material um, for the, the silicone material. Yep, yep, and that's, that's how I applied it because I applied it over in, in uh, your meeting space. And, uh, yeah, no, it really, really does hold well. And, um, and then you can put any kind of design on there because I saw you were putting the designs of the retailers that you met with. But uh, the retailer could put any design they want. That's right. Yeah. So uh, our, our fantastic CEO uh, came up with this great idea at some trade shows a while back. And uh, I, I don't know how you came up with the idea, Mike. Um, but, you know, when we're, when we're going to some of these shows, we'll, we'll see who's going to be there in advance and, and um, put their logos on there. And it's, you know, I've been fortunate and blessed to kind of be able to experience what that looks like as far as being able to give, you know, a, another vendor or retailer um, a, a product with their logo already on it. It's a, it's a cool experience. Oh, I mean, I heard many of them comment on, you know, <laughs> how cool that was, the, the fact that you're meeting with them and you just gave them one with their logo on it. So uh, I think that was a brilliant move. Um, it, it really works. They love that. And, uh, and, and you know, before we, we – I want to get into some details about your experience mm-hmm. there, but, you know, since you were part of the, uh, I guess, Shark Group p- p- pavilion that we had, can you talk a little bit about your experience with the Shark Group and, and, and um, how you are working with them? Yeah, for, you know, for those that don't know, the Shark Group is uh, it's Damon John's company. 
and Damon John from Shark Tank, obviously. And he uh, he started the Shark Group to as he started bringing on brands um, from the show. He was trying to create an organization that could support those brands and then deliver on his promises that he made to add that extra value of a shark. And he's assembled an amazing team there in New York City uh, at their headquarters, at the penthouse on uh, 34th Street. And they, uh, what they'll do is they'll help you to create strategy. They'll help to get help us to get meetings. They'll help us to, um, you know, They'll ba- we'll bounce marketing material off of them. They're really great about seeding our product into uh, key locations, celebrities, Good Morning America, The View. I mean, there's been all sorts of great opportunities that have come out of this, including the ECRM uh, room that we were in as part of the Shark Group team. But you know, I always had this vision that I was going to be on Shark Tank, and that was what I was going to that's what this product was going to be perfect for it to be on shark tank. And we auditioned twice and just never quite made the cut for the show. Um, But then we realized that Damon John himself was ordering from our website. And so as soon as we spotted that, we started sending extra samples to his office and put some with his latest book on the logo on his book and, and all kinds of great stuff. And then really try to get them interested in us as a company because he was my dream shark. And as it turned out, that did get his attention. They gave us a call and it took a little while, but we worked out a deal. So we made a deal with a shark without actually going on the tank. And uh, it's actually worked out much better where I feel like we're a core part of the offering from shark group uh, into the retail market now. And it's been a a very much a win-win proposition. And I think that's pretty cool that, uh, you know, because I, I interviewed Maury uh, over at uh, our Impulse program, and I thought that was really cool, all the services that they offer, but also for the fact that it, you don't have to be someone from the shark, uh, uh, from um, the show to get into the shark group, but they are very, very particular about who they're going to bring into the fold. Uh, with the shock group, so uh, kudos to you guys because uh, it it seems that they're, they're very strict on on who they're going to let into the family. So, um, so what we did for those of you who in the audience who don't know or weren't at that program, we had a couple things going on. We actually had Damon John in a fireside chat. So uh, our senior vice president of retail, Wayne Bennett, actually did a fireside chat with him. Uh, which was amazing. We had about 250 people in the audience, if not, if not more. But we also had a sectioned-off area that was just 10 suppliers from the, sh- the Shark Group. And uh, all of their meeting spaces were together in this one room. We had one uh, client service representative con- uh, controlling the scheduling uh, of the meetings and managing the appointments, making sure every- everything started and ended on time. So, uh, so, so you guys, you've been a Range Three Premium member for a little bit, but this was your first experience with one of our programs. What was it like for you guys? I'll let you take this one, uh, Mike. Go for it. Okay, yeah, no, I, I would say that for us, it was, you know, we we've done a lot of, and over all my startups, I've done a lot of retailer meetings, and it's always a challenge because you know, there you've got to travel to their location. And, uh, and get, you know, get ready for your pitch. And then you go in and you make a pitch and maybe you only have 30 minutes or 
or less time to make your pitch and then you got to pack all your stuff up and head back and it's it's not a very efficient use of resources and that's if you can get a meeting at all with the ecrm platform it's amazing because we're able to be so much more efficient and you know speed date uh, if you will with the each one of these retailers that are coming around they already are f- somewhat familiar with our brand we're already familiar with them and so we can sort of skip uh, right to the meat of the conversation and determine is there an interest mutually between us and the retailer and uh, if so then we can get samples in their hands right away and then schedule sort of next steps all in the span of 10 minutes and so it's a it's it's an unprecedented way for us to efficiently launch our brand or launch our product line into retail or, you know, locations at a, at scale uh, for a very affordable price. And now it's all in the follow-ups. Yep. Yep. Uh, now the ball's over in Scott's court and he's got to close all these deals. <laughs> That's it. That's it. <laughs> and, and um, you know, it's interesting uh, because on the one hand, some people think, Oh, you know, it's only 10 minutes. But when you think of it, if you're going at a, to a traditional expo of some sort, you're there flagging down people and you're getting them for maybe a couple of minutes of distracted time. And sometimes they're not even the right person. I mean, we, we, yeah. we try to make sure that everybody that you meet with is the actual buyer for your category. Right. So from I can tell you kind of from my perspective, uh, I, I loved uh, the ECRM event. That was a first show like that for my, for me personally, um, we've done a, I've done a lot of shows with, with uh, love handle since joining with Mike about a year ago. And, um, to your point, you know, you're, you're at a trade show, you're trying to flag down people. Um, <clears throat> and to get, to get in front of those big box retailers, uh, you just got to get lucky when you're at one of those shows. So here at ECRM, you know, when you get that 10 minute, uh, face to face time, with the right buyer, um, you know, clear, clearly it's, it's a win for, for everybody. And from the venue to the dining options, like I, I just, I thought it was such an amazing, uh, amazing event to go to. Well, happy to hear it. I mean, we try to keep everybody together, you know, so uh, we try to, you know, we have networking, breakfast, lunch, dinner, uh, the dinner, we, you know, try to make, uh, make it so that we have entertainment there. We have the, the uh, massage chairs you know, the whole goal, you know, and then when we did Top Golf, the whole goal is to keep everybody together, not mm-hmm. just in the meetings, but also in the socializing part, because that's a big part of it, too. That was really impressive to me, uh, actually, that you all made the decision or continue to do that, because um, you never know who's going to be sitting at your table for breakfast, right? And and uh, and even people, you know, what's cool about that, too, is even if they're not on your actual schedule, you're still meeting with other buyers that can be there potentially. So, Yes, yes. And sometimes even the other suppliers there end up partnering with each other, you know, because right. you never know, you know, when, when there's going to be an opportunity to work with another supplier. So, and, and the cool thing about your product is it's so perfect for these meetings because literally within a minute, they get it. Right. Just by looking at it and seeing it, you get it. You know what it is. You know what it does. You know what the potential is, you know, with the logo and everything. So, I mean, it's just, it, it really, I'm surprised you didn't get picked for uh, um, Shark Tank because they tend to go towards products like that, you know, something that demonstrates itself almost. Yeah, I th- I, you know, my mom always told me I had a, it's probably why I'm on this podcast, that I had a face for radio. So, 
<laughs> I got to say that's probably it. But um, I think at the end of the day, our, our story, because we licensed our patent, mm-hmm. um, it wasn't as sexy as, uh, you know, somebody that had the problem, got in their workshop, built a prototype, and then went started going to shows. And it didn't have that story. In fact, when we pitched Shark Tank, the, I remember the producers telling us, they're like, look, imagine that you don't even have a product. Tell us a story. Like that's what they want. They're, they're a television show. So yes, yeah. as much as the product, so- what you're right was perfect. In fact, I had the producers call me after saying, Hey, everybody here loves your product. Cause I sent them a bunch of products. Yeah. <laughs> everybody here loves it. In fact, I'm out. Could I get some more? Um, I don't think you'll ever make it on the show because you know, they never really told me why, but I just think that the story wasn't there, but they did love the product. And then eventually it made it around to the sharks and several of them have our product on their phone. So that's, I count as a win for us. Ah, we'll have to we'll have to get some ECRM uh, love handles to give out at uh, our next impulse one for sure. So so um, how has this whole coronavirus thing impacted your the way you're going about your business these days? Well, it's been uh, it's been hard, Joe. Um, you know, we had. Uh, just right out of the gates. I mean, as soon as, as soon as the, the quarantine started happening and everybody realized that things were going to kind of shut down, um, most all the orders that we had in queue uh, for promotional, especially uh, were either put on hold or canceled altogether. Yeah. And so our revenue side dried up instantaneously. So the promotional, that's like you're dealing with like outside events and, and you're making them for these guys or, um, and, and yes, yeah, because all of that shut down. Right. So every, a lot of people would take these to trade shows. I mean, we, let's say we'd be making them for State Farm. And State Farm's going to be going to their annual insurance trade show. Well, that show got canceled. So mm-hmm. they don't need this stuff anymore. So it's all a downstream back to us. Oh, never mind. We don't need that right now. We'll, we'll let you know later. And, uh, you know, those are things we count on. You know, we're, we're a growing company and cash flow is always an issue. So, yep. We've had to make some tough choices. We had, we had just ramped up and brought in a new wave of, of new hires that, uh, unfortunately, rather, I mean, that only been there a couple of days uh, when mm-hmm. all this happened. So we had to let them go right away and uh, tell them, you know, it's an open door. If, if things open back up, uh, when they do, then obviously you can come back in. And then our, all of our core team members, we have around 30 uh, full-time employees here and um, we had to cut everybody back to 80% hours for now. And uh, everybody, including me, I, I stopped taking paychecks and completely. My And my dad is my partner here. Um, also did the same thing. And, you know, everybody's, we're, what we're trying to do is ride through this thing with yep. as, as little impact as possible. We have ever, we're trying to follow the orders of having everybody's, you know, quarantine as much as possible. So Scott's at home, working from home, our creative directors working from home or promotional sales directors working from home. And so it's been a huge impact to us, but that said, it makes me feel blessed that we have such a good team that um, they're all self starters. They're all responsible and, you know, honest people. So they're, we're still getting their things done and, you know, growing, going forward, uh, you know, looking at the fact that we're an American manufacturer gives us a great amount of strength. I can't imagine being in this situation and waiting on shipments that have been delayed for months and months from China when yeah. my entire business is tied up onto that. So this was an unforeseen and welcome 
um, strength, I think, that we have by being an American manufacturer. So if there's anybody out there listening that's thinking about you have an idea, you have a product, and you're thinking about making it in the U.S., yes, it's harder to get it up and running, and yes, it's going to be more challenging to, to be a manufacturer and distributor and packaging and everything else that goes with it. But the flip side of that is that it gives you a great amount of strength, and there's more and more resolve from the consumer to buy American and to support American companies that, that do make that choice. You know, I think you hit on a great point. Um, there's another manufacturer that I know, different industry, uh, called Origin USA. And these guys make a, a few different things. It's an interesting mix. But uh, these guys, one of the owners, uh, one of the investors is Jocko Willink, that Navy SEAL, former Navy SEAL, yeah. that wrote the book Extreme Ownership. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we've worked with them. Jocko's spoken at a couple of our uh, programs. Uh, they they have so they have um, jujitsu geese that they make. They also have a line of supplements, which is you know they came um, to our vitamins uh, sports nutrition session, and in fact they're in every single um, vitamin shop now because of that. It's the first time they went from into brick and mortar retail, and their whole line is in there. But every single thing they make from you know, they make the jujitsu geese and they make uh, apparel and accessories. They have a great line of jeans and, and boots. They make boots, uh, leather boots, and then they also have the supplements. Every single thing is sourced and manufactured in the United States. That's great. And, and even they get the leather for the boots from a tannery down. You know, they're in farming. They're in Maine. I believe Farmington, Maine. So uh, the cotton that they source is from down south. You know, every single component of every single thing that they make is from, uh, they call it made in USA without compromise. And they were saying the same thing. You know, it's like they have so much more control of what's going on right now. They were able to reach out because they have relationships, really close relationships. And they were able to like stock up on everything they needed just in case they needed, you know, to go for six months. So... Uh, same thing. Big believer in that. I think uh, I think it makes a big difference, and I think more manufacturers are. Go- and let me know if you agree. I think more manufacturers, once this whole thing is over, are going to relook at at that and 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 consider you know maybe trying to make more or at least more components from this country. Yeah, I would I would say that's definitely true. I believe you're going to see a bit of a a renaissance, if you will. Uh, in American manufacturing. And I think the pendulum probably swung a little. It just got to be too easy. And I can say that because I, you know, in my previous startups, that's all we did. We would find a product, do a little sketch on how to make it, send a, make a sample, send it over to China. And then it just mag- magically appeared, you know, 20,000 at a time in a container. But time and time again, there was always trouble. So I look back with the quality typically, Mm-hmm. Um, and then lead times, and they would just cut some simple corners, uh, even out of the gates with our Love Handle brand. Um, I tried to do it the way I'd done it before. We made it overseas. They sent us um, a, our first big order. I, I got a little full of ego early on, thinking I could sell the heck out of this thing because it was going to be a great idea, and I ordered a half a million dollars worth of product. They sent it all over, and it had uh, cut some corners on the glue. And used a cheaper version of the glue yeah. such that it was uh, degrading. It would degrade in 30 days and was um, starting to fall apart. 
And so we had to literally throw all of that product into the dump and just take the hit. There's, it's not like Walmart. You can't walk back with your receipt and get a refund from yep. China. And so that was the day we really resolved that, you know what, let's just stop, you know, take, trying to take the easy path and push the easy button and just have China make this stuff for us. Let's, let's bow up and let's make, let's make a product that we can stand behind, that we can believe in, that we can test in house, that we know is going to be a good quality item. Cause at the end of the day, we're asking people to trust this to hold their thousand dollar phone. Yeah. You better, you better make a good product. <laughs> you don't want to cut corners with that. Right. And then, and then I think it's uh, also, um, I think a lot more, a lot of consumers are getting more and more aware, uh, or more apt to purchase a product that's made in the USA, especially after something like this. You know, like like an event like the coronavirus, what we're going through now. Uh, <clears throat> I saw the same thing happen in nine eleven, uh, as a New Yorker. You know, everybody kind of bands together and supports one another and. And that kind of has an afterglow, like an after, uh, 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 it, it re, you know, reverberates afterwards where you're going to see a lot more people trying to support each other. And, you know, we're seeing that with the restaurants in my neighborhood. Everybody is, you know, getting takeout, buying gift cards, posting pictures of the restaurant, telling everybody to go and, you know, help them to keep going. You see everybody stick together. I think that buying American-made products is going to be a, you know, a, a happen a lot more after this yeah, i hope you're right i mean i think that it sometimes it takes something like this right to kind of wake yeah. everybody up and make them realize that we've been dependent on something that we have absolutely no control over um, and in fact maybe is even you know a little bit against us um definitely now you know and so i think the branding if we look at you know in, in this industry, brands is everything, right? So the, the, the China brand is, has gotten taken a big fat hit, you know, through this coronavirus thing. And uh, I think the American brand is, is on the rise. And so the more people can make those tough choices and, and, and align themselves with the, with the American brand and, and made in USA, not only are they actually going to end up, I believe with a better product, but the consumer is going to be more and more willing to, to pay a little more and to choose that product over some of the alternatives. Yeah. And I guess it's, it's like a balance, you know, I mean, not everything that comes from China is going to be bad. You yeah. know, there are plenty of manufacturers that have great products that come from there. Uh, but it's a different, you know, you have to balance it out. You have to balance out exactly what you're looking for and what's offered. And, but, and then, like you said, now we have to take into consideration these supply chain issues as well. Because uh, it's not just the product itself; it's getting the product over, over here, and uh, and definitely that that you know has been imp impacted as well. So, are you using this time, you know, also to maybe do a little more strategic thinking or or planning, and you know, uh, since you're not traveling as on you know like you like you normally do. Uh, personally, I'd like to say yes. Um... I've been a little, it's been odd. It's been weird for me, Joe. Um, just because I, I kind of, you know, I have three kids at home and I'm, I'm running the household and, and I'm, and I, I, I don't know if it's the man in me that's all of a sudden, you know, just sort of find myself in this defensive mode mm -hmm. where I've got to like, you know, make sure that we're going to have food and that we're going to have everything we're going to need. And it's hard to be of two minds to do that. At the same time, you're thinking about, 
you know, how do we manage work from home? How do we manage, you know, separating everybody out? Yep. And then to also layer on top of that big strategic, uh, like, oh, look, we finally have some downtime so I can focus on it. I know that's what I should be doing, but I'm just going to be honest and say that I'm having a tough time getting there yet, uh, conceptually to say that, you know, let's sit down and work on the big picture for Love Handle right now. It just feels like we just need to block and tackle with what we have in front of us, make sure that we make through this without running out of cash. <laughs> yep. and, and, and then we'll kind of pick our path going forward out the backside. Yeah, I guess um, kind of a defensive mode. I'm sorry, Scott, you were going to say? Oh, yeah, I was just going to say, well, so for me, you know, working from home kind of gives you a different perspective as well. So you don't, you don't have the typical distraction of like everything that's going on in the office, right? People needing your help or trying to track down orders or um, just the normal day-to-day stuff. And that's, that's actually allowed me to kind of get a little more creative, spend more time trying to track down the right paths for, for different kind of buyers that I normally wouldn't reach out to. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, let's say for LinkedIn or, or this morning, we had a call with a major retailer um, in Canada. And uh, so that, that was something that, you know, typically probably wouldn't have happened on a normal day to day just because of all the other things going on. Um, so it, it, you know, it's allowed me to have a different perspective, I think. Um, so far, are you finding? What about the your communication with the retailers? Are you finding uh, you're going more to like digital platforms like Zoom, or is it still email and phone? Or you know, how is that? Has that changed because of all this? Well, for me, so uh, you know, the communication with a lot of retailers have has kind of halted. To be honest, uh, to Mike's point that he was making earlier, you know, we've had some some. Uh, some people reach out and tell us to hold their orders. Um, you know, there, there's some, some stuff that uh, has moved online. Um, well, let's say we had a trade show we were supposed to attend and it got shut down, but, you know, then they created a virtual one and, and we've received plenty of POs for that so that, you know, um, we we're fortunate in that aspect. But a lot of the newer communication has kind of halted. Um, but, yeah, we, we had a Zoom call this morning with the, with the major retailer this morning, yeah. Okay, cool. And we've made some adjustments. Uh, you've probably seen on the Range Me side, they're working with several large retailers where the retailers are going to have like a review day where you know you, could, you have two weeks to submit your products. I think yep. it's Meyer, Albertsons, Fresh Time Farmers Market, mm-hmm. uh, Metro Inc., and a couple others. And then you, can, so you have two weeks to submit your products. Then one day at the end of the month, they're going to dedicate it just to reviewing all of those submissions. You know, and then on the ECRM side, I mentioned you guys before the uh, uh, we got on the podcast was the uh, efficient supplier introductions, which we literally just launched yesterday. Uh, you know, based on a lot of calls with buyers and sellers, and you know what we can do to help them during this time, you know, of limited travel, but also how are they going to fit in all these calls? So we're connecting, where we'll do just a panel of virtual retailers. Uh, and then, you know, the uh, suppliers will come on with their 10 minutes, you know, each. And, uh, you know, so we're trying to, we're there with you, trying to figure out these ways of, you know, helping out the, connecting the industry at a time where everybody is really kind of overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. And it's tough because people are overwhelmed. Are you seeing that also? I mean, uh, I, so where retailers are, you know, they're dealing with out-of-stocks in certain categories. And they're scrambling for that. And then some 
smaller retailers. They're, they're actually helping in the stores. Uh, I mean, it's really just, it's surreal what's happening. Yeah. I've got a couple of examples there. We, you know, Walmart, for example, has, uh, you know, I visited, reached out to the buyers and uh, they said, look, all of our efforts, I mean, these guys are in the electronics and impulse. Um, they're like, look, we're all helping with grocery right now. Yeah. Everyone is helping out to make sure that these supplies uh, for grocery are, are making it out, both food and cleaning supplies and all the things that go along with the, the, the demands with this virus. And then, you know, Amazon, this has never happened before. They're not ex- accepting any new FBA shipments from us. Um, we've got orders that they wanted, and then all of a sudden they're like, we're only accepting FBA inbound for things related to coronavirus. And, uh, you know, you're going to stock out, and that's just the way it's going to be until we get through this. And so it's, it's immensely impacting uh, our normal flow of goods to the consumer because the retailers are reacting to as well they should reacting to this enormous spike in demand for some of these key household items so they're in kind of triage mode Mm -hmm. yep exactly well you have to put uh maybe print some public service announcements Mm -hmm. on uh uh (laughs) the love handles you know wash your hands disinfect your phone uh, maybe that'll qualify you for that. <laughs> maybe so. <laughs> yeah, we actually have a wash your hands grip we just released last week. Yeah, it's pretty popular. There you go. You see, doesn't that, can't that kind of squeeze you in? Uh, that, that might squeeze you in that way. Even, <laughs> but so, all right, well, once this all clears up, right, once, you know, because if history, you know, is any indication Regardless of whether it takes three months or five or six months, or this will ultimately pass. What what's on your agenda for then? What what are you expecting when that happens? Well, we were on a extra, truly exponential growth curve going into this, and so it's been this really weird dynamic. You know, we were we've been preparing for the last many years to get our product. Uh, into retail in the right way and see it sell through. And we were just starting to see that the retailers put it on the shelf. We're selling it there. It's in, and this is going great. We're love it. We're looking to expand and then coronavirus hits. And so my feeling is that once we, we get through this and uh, I have no doubt that we, we will, we're very, you know, resolute as a country and as a nation and as a race even, but, uh, um, or, you know, humanity, um, but that said, we're going to have to basically, I think, take it as an opportunity to really hit the ground running hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's anytime there's, there's, there's turmoil, I always, there, it's inevitably true that there's opportunity that yep. wasn't going to be there otherwise. And so I'm really just trying to keep my eyes open uh, back away from any preconceived notions that I have and that see what shakes out, you know, see what sort of opportunities, what kind of new messaging resonates with the consumers, what type of product offering are they looking to get now that maybe they weren't as interested in before. And, you know, really try to see when this deck gets shuffled, how does a small agile company take that advantage to then move and grow themselves in this, you know, new brave new world, if you will. Yep. No, I think that's a, a great a great outlook to have. 
And uh, so it's just a matter of, you know, sticking through this, doing what you got to do to, to get through it. Because you know that opportunity is there. You know it's going to come. You already started seeing evidence of it. Just a matter of getting through this part, and then you could jump on it when, uh, when, when uh, it's back, uh, back on a roll again. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I bet we've had retailers reaching out to us saying that, you know, some of their Chinese products that they're not able to get, you know, especially earlier, like a, maybe a month ago when China was completely shut down. And so it opened up an unexpected opportunity for Made in USA. So it's, it's I'm trying to find spots like that where you, then you can then step up. Yep. But you got to make sure that they know that you exist and that you have the capacity to help them fill that empty spot on their shelf. Um, because if you don't say anything, then somebody else will step in and take that spot. Yeah, and I see you're very active on LinkedIn as well. So uh, you're leveraging digital and social to keep your message out, right? And that's one thing I've been recommending is leverage content to keep your message, stay in front of these guys so that when this does pass, you're top of mind. Mm -hmm. So great. Well, I wish you the best of luck in, in, in getting through this and, and uh, uh, coming out this other side and, and continuing on that uh, uh, explosive growth. Yeah, thanks, Joe. It's it's been a, a wild ride, and you know, if it's easy, I guess everybody would be doing it. Absolutely. Um, but if those folks are listening out there, have that entrepreneurial blood in them, um, and you think about taking an idea to market, you know, know that it's not going to be easy. But in my humble opinion, it's always going to be worth it in the long term. And you know, these these times right now, when you see people with with having to make tough decisions, cutbacks, and uncertainty um you know being the being the owner being the 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 guy that took the risk and put the chips in the middle it's two-sided yeah you could lose it all but at the same time at least you still can keep your hands on the wheel yep. and you don't have it taken away from you so um you know i think entrepreneurship will continue to be the the heart and soul of our country going forward i think it's what's established us as as the you know the land of opportunity and the land of where people desire to be so much because your dreams can come true. If you're willing to work hard, learn and give back the way, the way you're giving back right now, Joe, and then creating, you know, educational platforms for people to learn from. So uh, we really appreciate the opportunity to help share our story. Well, that's some great advice. Uh, some awesome advice to, to wrap this up on. So, uh, well, Mike and Scott, I want to thank you so much for your time and, uh, I wish you all the best and stay safe. Thanks. You too, Joe. We really appreciate you. Thanks. Joe. Right. This is great. We appreciate it. All right, guys. You take care. All right. Take care. All right.